Welcome everyone to the Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. You're going to remember me. The Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek for the season one ending episode 113, Memento Mori, is sponsored by Central Park Carousel. Now with bloodstain-resistant painted ponies. Pete, here we are at the end of the season. Of course, we will, will be doing a season one wrap-up uh, down the line, you know, within the next week or so. But uh, here we are at the end of this incredibly violent, incredibly emotional ride. And I just wanted to take a second that uh, this is a show that has not wavered in all 13 episodes for its commitment to quality, to characterization, and... Uh, we certainly get a, oh no, I'm looking between my fingers at all this violence, a couple of moments here. Not one bit have they backed away from it. In fact, they've doubled down, Matt. They've continually gone. It's It's been my refrain throughout this season. They've continually gone past where I thought they could reasonably go or I even expected them to go. And the show has been that much richer for the experience well with that let's recap the episode frank bloodied and dying is brought to the home of madani's parents her father having been established as a doctor way back at the start of the series a spare bedroom is turned into an er and frank's lung injury is addressed by yuck puncturing his lung and sucking out the excess blood also wounded is billy russo who is taking a bullet out of his shoulder with a pair of pliers. He appears to be in his quarters at the Anvil Complex while law enforcement is coming for him. However, he smoothly kills multiple men before walking out of the building. He blows it up on the way out, a spectacular show of pyrotechnics. After the title card, Frank is doing much better, of course. In Micro's garage, we see that Orange is quite dead, with Marion James, CIA, and Rafi Hernandez, DHS, there to contain the situation. But they have no idea as to the location of Frank or Madani. At Madani's parents' home, Micro gives Frank money to get out of the city as a goodbye. It's goodbye time for Madani, too. Frank walks this time, but next time she'll either arrest him or shoot him dead. The story stays with Madani, who gives Marion James and Rafi Hernandez her edited version of events. Madani did what the CIA and Department of Homeland Security didn't want to do, and she almost took out the Punisher, but was overpowered. That's why he got away, and let's not throw around accusations of malfeasance, you malfeasant members of the CIA and DHS. In a hotel, Sarah, Leo, and Zach are under federal protection. Micro returns in a heartfelt scene. The scene is slow by intention as the emotion is allowed to breathe. Time passes and Curtis awakes to Billy in his apartment. Billy has Curtis's gun and wants answers since he, Billy, has been so gravely betrayed by Frank and Curtis. Billy monologues about the lack of guilt for what they did. They only stole a little and killed Afghans who would have killed each other. During this time, Curtis is making coffee and offers some to Billy. Billy reaches out inside of the windows and takes a sniper shot. It is, of course, Frank doing the shooting, and they talk on the phone. Frank offers Billy a chance to walk out, to end this elsewhere, just let Curtis live. Billy sets the meeting, 
midnight at the carousel where the Castle family died. Flash back to the carousel when Uncle Billy was part of the family, named for Billy the Kid. He too was an orphan who went out west and became famous, however was betrayed by a friend. Regardless of this, Billy Russo has a family. It's the Castles. Of less description for our podcast is the following scene between Sarah and Micro. They step into the bathroom and get marital briefly. Oh my. At the carousel, a young crew is cleaning up as Billy arrives, gun in hand. Intercut is Madani realizing that something is about to go down at the carousel. Frank arrives, triggering memories, but his head clears when those teens working the carousel appear tied to the horses, bleeding out. Frank and Billy both move in. The fight turns brutal and then becomes hand-to-hand with knives. Both men get their hits in, and Frank seems down for the count, but ultimately stabs Billy deep in the gut with a shard of glass. Frank pulls him into another mirror, brings the knife to his throat, but he won't kill him. He's going to have Billy learn about pain and loss. Frank says, when you look at your ugly, mangled face, you'll remember what you did. You're going to remember me. Sirens approaching, Frank could run, but he frees the teens and cradles Madani's body, the Punisher there to protect the innocent. Later, we see Frank in hospital or perhaps prison clothes being brought in to see Madani, Rafi, and Marion. Uh, He has saved her life, and the CIA has decided to not take his life. He gets a pass and a payoff. They have redirected the narrative to blame Billy and Lewis. Though Frank Castle has been declared dead, Pete Castiglione is once again a free man. All of this was suggested by Madani. And Russo's fate? 11 hours of surgery. He might wake up tomorrow or never. He might remember everything or nothing. Madani hopes he'll remember everything. At the Lieberman house, they appear to be having a Thanksgiving dinner just a bit late. Frank and Micro pull up. Micro is going in, however Frank is not. The family, of course, is glad to see Micro. Frank's ultimate destination is at Curtis's church. Is he sure about this? Curtis says that he's sure about this, and Frank has joined the group. We end with a monologue. Frank never thought about what would happen after the war, but then it happened. The silence. How do you live with that? How do you live with yourself? He's got no war to fight, and he's scared. The season ends with a fade to black. I can't say just because of the quality of this season as a whole and obviously the very recent renewal, which we just talked about for season two, which we would expect sometime in 2019, um, that this was their best episode. But that's saying a lot given the high caliber of this series throughout. And for us to leave Frank in a similarly melancholy state that we found him once he had taken out a couple of those other cartel and, uh, you know, bikers and Irish, um, this guy just cannot find happiness. And it's kind of the sweet spot for this series as bittersweet as that sounds narratively it's always better to fall in love than it is to live in love which is to say it's it's about the the chase it's about the getting there and the fact that in this episode which to me is in no way deficient i would agree with you pete it's not the best but it's not it's not it's not not the best because of deficiencies 
It's just now the time has come to conclude things. There's not the ongoing mystery of what will happen with Billy Russo. There's not, I mean, my goodness, even come the start of the episode, there's not even the question of Agent Orange. Um, there's the kind of narrative revelation at the end that uh, Marion James's ultimate purpose for the story was to be somewhat magic story out, which is to say everything has gone away. Uh, and that's not to be critical of the writing. I'm just saying, in retrospect, she kind of was the out that was planted a number of episodes ago and bounced off of Orange and whatnot. So while this was perhaps not the best episode, this was the ending to this season and certainly an ending that was well-earned. And exhausting in, I think, again, the best way. You are emotionally drained when you get through this series and you're going to need this break you're going to take your breath. You're going to be ready for where the story picks up with Frank in, in his coming to grips as Pete Castiglione with the world that will never provide him with his wife, his son and his daughter back. Um, and he seems to have eschewed jumping in with Micro's family. You mentioned in our last episode, Matt, how the Sarah actress has, has just, you know, gotten a pilot and, you know, as she should be looking for a, a full-time regular gig. That's the nature of the business. So interested where it's going to go. This could have been the end of it. I think they looked at the numbers and said, wow, you know, this, this really has an audience that perhaps we didn't expect would be here apart from the fact that this is, I think, pound for pound, the Marvel Netflix greatest show. I certainly would agree with that, with the asterisk, you know, the, the first love is the best love in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh-huh. it's had good episodes, it's had great episodes, it's had some that are, that are less good. This was the same high level of quality. You know, if, if we're taking points off of this episode, that's because it's an an A minus or an A. It's not, you know, boy, this was a stinker. Um, it was with such trepidation that I read uh, a couple days ago that, uh, that, that the actress playing um, Sarah Lieberman, I don't think it's a full-time role, but I think it's a recurring role in something else. Um, and it was like, oh no, like, because I check Deadline every day. I check Hollywood Reporter every day. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh no, am I walking into this last episode now knowing that she's available for that job because you know she's going to get mowed down? No, it's probably probably just that she doesn't have, you know, at at best she doesn't have a uh, ex- an exclusive contract for next season of Punisher whenever that's even going to film. Um, so thank goodness she made it, Pete. I mean, worse comes to worse, the character can be heard of just not in it and hopefully if it's a scheduling thing i mean it could well be she does the one show and that's not filming when punisher is and we get six eight episodes with sarah lieberman next season whenever that will be yeah and i i think the narrative possibilities to go in many different directions are there and i think that begins matt with billy russo and what he may have become I will admit it was only um, it was only very very recently uh, I want to say in the last couple of days where uh, it might have even been um, uh, just checking out the Punisher's Wikipedia page or something like that where all of a sudden it was Billy Russo 
aka Jigsaw. And I was like, oh, here it is again. Now now I'm going to get spoiled. Um, I will admit. That's my job. (laughs) Well, and and Pete, you've been so, you know, you've shown such restraint. Um, I had absolutely no idea that the name Billy Russo was previously a comics one. And dear listener, if you want to take points off for that, okay, fair enough. Um, I, I, in retrospect, I'm glad I did not because I think that that would have colored my anticipation of whether the character would die or not. And I had every, every feeling that, that the character would die in part because when I read that Ben Barnes is going to be back in Westworld season two in some capacity, um, I just figured, all right, well, if it's a contract thing, a lot of these contracts get written with, um, uh, I can't remember the phrase right now, but like, you know, there's number one on your list and number two, and if there's a tie, then number one always wins. It's a prior or something. I can't remember what it is, but um, first position, something like that. So I just right. figured, all right, well, he's probably toast in this. They're gonna, he's probably killed off anyway. That's why he's available, et cetera, et cetera. But the notion that he's going to turn into this comics character if he returns of Jigsaw is is fantastic and it's frightening. Something occurred to me too watching this episode that okay, you went out and got a, a handsome actor and that's a redundant phrase because these are, these are, you know, largely beautiful people. Yes. There are the, the, the craggy ones that, you know, provide character and everything like that. And age obviously, uh, you know, toughens a, a performer's looks up and, and, and that's okay. But you don't need to have Ben Barnes necessarily return as Jigsaw with the messed up face. You get somebody close enough. I mean, why go out and get that, you know, handsome dude to come back and cake him on with all that makeup. So they certainly could have a performer just in the makeup. They could bring Barnes in for like some flashback stuff um, which depending on his Westworld deal could, could certainly work or, you know, he, he goes, you know, full, uh, full makeup and, and he's in there. Um, or he doesn't need to come back, Matt, you know, they can go into another corner there and there's always the looming specter of, you know, Barnes of, of Jigsaw, um, you know, just the way that Frank grinds him against that mirror and he's begging for his life and you come back to that exchange when the shoe was on the other foot and um, Billy was ready to take Frank out and we really believe that in that clean soldier's exit and um, you know Frank won't give it to him here because of what he's put him through And, and I still think and I don't know if it was something that was cut or if it's considered and it just didn't make it, but that we saw Billy at the carousel at the, the park, the day of the massacre, yet they didn't give us the massacre makes me wonder if his story continues and he's in some way involved further than, you know, did, did he pull the trigger? I think the show would be best served to leave the massacre in the past. And maybe, maybe that's why we didn't see more of it in this episode. We had it as a, um, not even as a news report. I mean, we had it kind of as a, as an explanation for why 
these gangs were being shot up in Daredevil season two. Mm-hmm. Now we've recast it at the beginning of uh, season two of Daredevil. If I didn't just say that, we we recast it at the beginning of this season as finally Frank's mission to get those mobsters has ended. Then we re recast it as, but secretly it was this you know, this retaliation for Kandahar and all of that, if we re, 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 recast it as, but Billy Barnes was actually, or pardon me, but uh, Billy Russo was actually a part of it, I think we can just leave it in the past and whatever the Punisher's next mission is does not need to be the secret backstory for his family's murder. Unlike the first backstory that we got for his family's murder, which was Daredevil season two. Let's just, let's leave it and move on. Yeah, and I could certainly see that as a direction, but to reintroduce the characters for a, a second season and okay, here here's Billy, here's Jigsaw in the in the bandages and everything, and perhaps while he's, you know, medically induced in a coma or whatever, you know, he goes back to it and the poor decisions he might have made, you know, maybe the gunfire started and you know, Maria Castle tried to get away and he trips her and then he he takes her out himself, that kind of thing to further implicate him, to further drive him away from Frank. Just looking at the Jigsaw biography here, the notion that um, the notion that that the Punisher left him alive uh, to send a message to organized crime after knocking him through a, a glass pane. I'm glad I knew none of that because I would have only seen the mirrors at the at the um, yeah the carousel, the carousel and kind of figured out how we were going to get to that and speaking of the mirrors pete you know there's an aphorism that that your your foley people your sound designers they do the best job when nobody knows that they've existed you know all the sounds sound natural and there's one teensy exception to that at least to my ears um when Frank really starts to drag his face through the broken glass, it's on the yeah. first pane where the dragging occurs, but it's not like the first little drag. It's like the big one. I mean, they took either sandpaper or like a nail file right next to the uh, to the microphone, and that's the sound that they used. And it wasn't for long, and I'm not even saying it took me out of the narrative. It was just, right. it was the perfect sound to say, this isn't like, you know, when you clean the mirror, this is... Right that gritty ripping sound and that was a scene that went on for quite some time i'm not saying it was too much but Mm -hmm. wow that went on and the motif of a mirror image particularly in this episode i mean it's curtis who tells uh billy you guys are a lot alike except frank would never betray a brother and what happens at the end Frank betrays his brother in the way that he won't kill him. He won't put him out of his misery. No, he takes the thing he knows he values the most, his good looks, his ability to uh, get chicks and have nice things and live that lifestyle. And he has taken that away from him. And I think the story going forward can be really, really rewarding as a result of that action. Yeah, I think it was a very well constructed uh, final episode. I, I kind of had the feeling this morning, well, it's a bit light on the Madani stuff um, and the way in which she gets downed so easily at the carousel. I think initially I had a bit of a problem with that, but 
I think the the larger story purpose is that she's there to offer her justice, but the Punisher is the one who stays at the end, who stays having not killed her and stays to to stay with her to ensure her living. And that's kind of that redemptive moment there, which of course pays him back, so on and so forth. So I liked that, even though her use was a bit less. And I kind of felt like she was, depending on the episode, she was the second second build character um Mm -hmm. and she got much less than that in this episode but that's not what this story needed the story needed the billy frank showdown yeah and i i think that's the the story casualty if you will matt we can't you know really focus madani's largest arc was obviously with um, finding out that, that Billy is involved in this, um, her chasing of Castle, trying to get this information uh, about the death of Ahmad Zubair, and then the loss of her partner in Sam Stein, um, and the brutality that every character, every regular character on this show suffered throughout this season. Think of the number of times Frank has left an encounter limping, (laughs) pints of blood left behind. Um, Billy seems to suffer it all at once at the end here. Okay. Uh, Madani with the car crash and now getting shot in the head. Um, And then what's left of... uh, William Rollins the third of the Virginia Rollins is uh, a, a bloody pulp in a uh, in a body bag is, is Ooh, there. It look like a train hit him. Yeah. Okay. But there's there's still trains of Confederate gold, Matt, in that Rollins family. Wow. Uh, I suppose that is difficult to argue with. Certainly, we can check off the list. I mean, in terms of bad guys getting their due. Rollins absolutely in his own way I think that given that given that he is the most responsible for the death obviously of Frank's family the death of Ahmed Zubair uh, for him to get death by 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 the story is appropriate and for Billy to not get it because of his vanity uh, that's the case as well um we've discussed on and off all season this uh this idea of frank as a villain i mean i don't know whose idea it was to have frank wait for the police to arrive wait there with the teens who are not quite cradled in his arm because he's holding madani but they're clearly waiting too right that's an inspired moment and then once again the fact that steve lightfoot and the rest of the production have the have the uh ability to let the audience fill in what has happened we don't need a scene where they go oh man officer he saved me i'd be dead if not for the punisher Mm -hmm. and then writing it down and then the the district attorney what do we do i don't know he saved we don't need any of that what's the final result the final result is the big bad government the big good government the big complicit government is going to make it all go away and most people are going to accept the news that it's this guy, not that guy, or would, however it is that they're going to spin it. I'm a, a little confused how it is that Pete Castiglione, who looks just like, you know, that Frank Castle who's been yeah. on the news 
but fine. That's that's if, if that's a little story conceit, I'll 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 go for it. But and I think if you if I could just jump in real quick, I think if you were those two teenage employees who had survived that encounter, the idea that you would buy whatever fiction that Homeland that the CIA would sell you, even if it was listen, you're alive because of this man. I know you've seen him on the news. Because let's be honest, too, teens who are about to have a makeout session at their Central Park snack stand are really up on their news of, you know, the latest police suspect in a city of 8 million people, right? Like that's that's what they Snapchat about, isn't it, Matt? That's absolutely that's absolutely okay. I mean, joking aside, I actually was thinking, you know, I was thinking of this um, lousy failed, largely failed attempt at a, a pressure cooker bombing that had happened in our part of New Jersey yeah. uh, over a year ago. I mean, that's as local as local gets. And granted, that was yep. a much that, that was as a, a much smaller scale than what the Punisher did in in that in that fictional world, but. I couldn't tell you the guy's name. I mean, fine, it was a quote-unquote foreign name or whatever. I couldn't tell you the guy's name. I couldn't tell you what he looked like, beard, no beard, this, right. that, the, like. And we pay attention to the yeah. news. Yeah, okay. and it happened the next town over. So, I mean, I will Correct. absolutely, you know, jo- joking aside of teen Snapchatting about about the, the news, like, I'll totally buy that they wouldn't know Pete Castiglione from Frank Castle, from Matt Murdock, from Tony Stark. None of them. None of them. Okay, so so that works. And I I think it's believable. I still have a very hard time looking at uh, Mary and James at Rafi Hernandez and not seeing not just blood on their hands, but up to their elbows. And there's Madani, black eyes, uh, bandage on her head. Frank's giving her the old girl for surviving this. When she told him in their last, you know, exchange before he went after Russo that she was going to bring him down if they ran into one another again. And here you've got these two superiors who have sanctioned a lot of this stuff and now admitting, yes, and and we buy into it narratively and emotionally. We've cleared your name and all this other stuff. But it it just does not ring proper. We know that there are bad people in the real world. We know that there are bad people in government and in politics, objectively bad, out to screw the system as bad as Agent Orange did, if not worse. But worse than that, in a certain sense, are the people like Marion James and like Rafi Hernandez who exist in the gray and who say, well, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. It's acceptable to shovel all this towards the very captured, maybe mentally deficient for the rest of his miserable existence, Billy Russo, and the uh, the, the very dead Lewis Wilson. Um, that's tidy for them, but to me, that's almost worse. Like Agent Orange was so bad he didn't know he was bad, or he was living by his own rules, or whatever. But it's this 
complicit nature in this. Well, we'll just massage it so it bounces the right way. Because at the end of the day, this is going to work for the CIA. It's going to work for Homeland. It's going to work for the White House. It's going to work for the Senate and the House and everybody else. And we'll just shush it and go away. As opposed to justice with a capital J. So I'm with you, Pete, that certainly narratively, yes, they needed a way out that wasn't Frank Castle in the worst jail ever because he already got out of the other one. So now he's off to the magic jail that we saw in civil war um we're gonna do something a little bit more you know we're gonna do something narratively to release him fine i totally accept that but that does not let the two of them off the hook well let's talk some theories matt the first kind of with the hook how is billy russo one able to go to his office repair himself surgically uh grab stacks of cash um, and then get the drop on all of these guys in that montage with uh, absolute silence with essentially the use of one arm while carrying this bag full of cash and then walking away from the explosion. Um, well, I think he walked away from the explosion because they said, uh, all right, Ben, listen, we have this really great pyrotechnic shot and we have this building that, whatever either they're going to knock down or it's just going to be flame it's not going to be structural so you're going to walk to camera or cameraman you're going to do it at a slightly faster film rate so we can do it at a slightly slow motion we're going to go boom 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 and on the fifth boom or when you reach this mark you're going to turn away from the camera so we really get the fireball they wanted to do something cool and they did something really cool really genuine really practical in camera as for the rest of the stuff i could see him getting back to Again, what I'm assuming is Anvil headquarters. I could see that happening faster than not before the police kind of catch on. Um, particularly, who knows, maybe his legal address is a P.O. box and they need to. there needs to be some time to figure out, hey, let's go to Anvil headquarters where he actually uh, lives. So I'll grant you that he got there and he pulled out the bullet quickly, but... I don't know why they didn't send SWAT in. I mean, right. Teams... It took me, I got to tell you, it took me out of the story a little bit. And then they made such a big deal, though he's yanked the bullet out that he's not moving that arm. And then he's got the weight on the other arm and he's shooting these guys. It, it felt a little much for a show that's been so realistic about its action and the consequences of action maybe there's the tiniest out he did um he did pop two pills and i remember saying to myself oh i remember but that's more than aspirin yeah i mean right. for all i know i mean I, pete i certainly don't know my painkiller medications i guess that's the good news but if he had ready to go you know prescription level whatever that he might be in good enough shape once that once that digests it might be good enough to carry that that bag or to have a little swagger in your step as you blow the building um i'll 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 excuse the lack of pain later on personally um him being able to take out the guys two by two with some sort of dark noah i think that's that's the story testing things ever so slightly and indeed let's stick with billy for a minute in terms of theories obviously the big theory is oh how does he return next season if at all etc etc slight finger wag from me from the show saying it could literally be anything he might never return because <laughs> westworld's uh, seasons three and four shoot back to back in right. new mexico hong kong and south africa <laughs> or 
uh, Westworld season two is a big failure, and he's really available to be to be in every. We're going to do a jigsaw miniseries web only that feeds into Punisher season yeah. two, which is we've found out is an expanded twenty episode. It, just commit to something. Maybe his memory will return. You know, it doesn't need to be. It might be everything, or it might be nothing. It might be good face, or it might be bad. Just it was. It was so much everything that it was a little weak. How many Marvel Netflix villains have we left in a hospital? <laughs> Marvel Netflix villains. Well, let's see. Fisk. Fisk was prison, right? At the end of the yeah. first season. Yeah. Um, Marvel Netflix villains. I'm. I, I, let's see. Um, Jessica Jones. He was dead. Right. Um. I don't think that many. Who I feel like I'm missing something. Though. What Luke am I missing? Luke Cage. Think about Luke Cage. I can't Diamondback. Remember. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So they essentially repeated that ending here. Okay. Might wake up. Might not wake up. Uh, the idea of a change in persona. Everything else. And that's fine. If if you weren't going to turn this guy into Jigsaw, if that's even what they were going to, and and that seems so out of this, you know, comic book TV sweet spot that they tend to inhabit. You know, no one's ever called Fisk the Kingpin. Um, you know, if we ever get Bullseye in Daredevil, I'm I'm sure they will find a grounded way to do it instead of the over-the-top Colin Farrell I never miss uh, situation Pete here's a theory question for you season two do we see the return of anyone from the Lieberman family in any uh, sort of substantial way I have a feeling right now their story is nicely tidied up but I have to tell you, I did really appreciate the evolution of the relationship between Frank and David. Um, and I think returning to that could be a lot of fun. Uh, returning to it when it's not as dark and heavy. Um, they had some light moments. You know, I, I think of him uh micro driving him away from the the gunner episode you know with the iv bag and then you know curtis uh working on him and you know here david is afraid of the sight of blood and is gonna puke and you know five episodes later he he has a backstory where he sewed up small animals from the time that you know he could hold a needle um so yeah something in my gut just tells me that story is is packaged is done although i think that uh zach lieberman could eventually be the worst human being in the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> well hopefully now that he has not pete i don't want to suggest that you need a two-parent family to be normal there's of course not. Pl plenty of uh, amazing single parents out there but although what... billy russo would would show you that you do that well there's that but i think that i think that we can say you know zach lieberman is a uh skateboard stealing tiny tim and he did not turn bad that day for his father and mother were both there um i've never liked that name tim <laughs> tiny tiny tim um 
I think that what you might see in uh, in Punisher season two is maybe Micro appearing in the um, kind of recurring the way Karen Page did in this season. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was revealed to the world in our presence that uh, it was going to be John Bernthal as the Punisher, which we knew uh, in the upcoming Punisher series, and then co-starring right. uh, Deborah Ann Wall as Karen Page. That's not quite the way it unfolded it's not and i i have to say i'm a little disappointed how little she was in this i get it she did defenders and she's shooting daredevil season three right now i understand it and some karen is always going to be better than no karen at all um but i i think we were sold a little bit of a bill of goods with the announcement and then the credit sequence when she's credited so often and you know appears in what how many episodes it's it's not many um so there's that i have matt for you a theory that might break your brain okay fire away did you notice in the snack stand in the present day with the two teens about to you know shall we say use the cotton candy uh, not for eating before they were interrupted by Billy. Uh, did you notice any of the prices? I did not. French fries, 83 cents. Soda, 55 cents. What year did this story take place in? Pete, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with some of the uh, the technology after the Ultron incident, uh, the ability to farm potatoes and corn, the latter for high fructose corn syrup. Right. It, it made the prices of those shoot way, way down. Okay. And, uh, and that's why. Understandable. Okay. You're not getting a French fry in the city of New York, in the greatest city of the world, Matt, uh, for 83 cents. Okay. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, and, and soda for 55 cents. I'm reminded of... The old uh, Robert Townsend, I'm going to get you, sucker. Uh, you know, the uh, the Chris Rock cameo. You know, how much is one rib? Um, how about soda? Pour it in my hand for a dime. 55 cents for a soda? Not happening. Get out of here. Forget about it. How about this, Pete? I'm just going to offer this as another possible solution. We know it's sometime after Thanksgiving. Uh, we could go back and count the days. I certainly don't have that in front of me right now. But it's it's at best late November. Maybe in these waning days before they shut the carousel down, maybe they're doing like flashback to 1983 prices or 1987 prices. Go back 30 years ago. With that kind of thing where, where, on, where it's man. a promotional Somebody's got to see that sign and say what? Wh- what somebody put it up there there's no way that's an actual sign somebody put it up there i mean maybe as you're alluding to this could be a dropped thread Uh, this could have been a scene that was was trimmed you know all right get the cotton candy ready for 1933 day (laughs) or whatever but uh yeah i like the beginning where billy russo silent assassin with one arm uh, you know, just completely pones these uh, agents swarming his building, albeit too late. Uh, that took me out of things as well. 
Well, Pete, just as Frank Castle was there for the people at the end, so too, Pete, we have our own Frank Castles and Francisca Castles. And it's those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Yes, everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, whether that be uh, episodes uh, a little early or all types of new things and uh, unusual things that you've not heard from us before. In addition to all sorts of perks, we will even entertain what Ever kind of perks you might think uh, you'd be interested in. So get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek with the PH all one word. And thank you again, particularly at a time of year where uh, the bill comes due. The Punisher Road, of course, is not over yet. We're going to do one more recap episode sometime in the next week or so. Got a couple other goodies coming together along with, you know, the holiday season. But, Pete, if people want to share their thoughts on this first season of The Punisher, how can they do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,726 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you like. Visit fantasticgeek.com, email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the PH all one word. Like it today. Our Facebook has blown up in the past two days. More and more people jumping on fantastic geek nation you want to be a part of that movement so get on there as mentioned there will be one more punisher season one episode coming to you if you're listening to us on the punisher feed if you're listening to us on the pop culture podcast feed we certainly have runaways on our radar for uh for this upcoming week as well as some holiday goodness we'll uh we'll let that be a treat when it arrives with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word Dying's easy. <laughs> <laughs>